0: you're listening to Tobin Tuesdays brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM. Today is February 26, 2019 and I'm your host Joe Gonzalez. On today's episode we have four interviews. First we spoke with University of Lethbridge professor Jenna Bailey and Myrna Donald of the U of M's Black History Month committee. We also spoke with local Winnipeg band Montgolfier and Montreal-based musician Anomaly. With that being said, let's get to it. We Are the Roots, Black Settlers and Their Experiences of Discrimination on the Canadian Prairies will be screened in the GSA Lounge February 28th as part of the university's celebration of Black History Month. The documentary, which can be viewed on Vimeo, dives into Canada's own history with racism with various examples of racial intolerance and persecution on the prairies. The award-winning documentary examines the history of a wave of African American immigrants who moved to Alberta and Saskatchewan between 1905 and 1912. The film interviews the children and grandchildren of these settlers. When the state of Oklahoma was created in 1907, segregation became enforced in the area, leading to an exodus of its black residents. Cheap land offered by the Canadian government attracted many of the black Americans to Alberta and Saskatchewan. Deborah Dobbins, president of the Shiloh Center for Multicultural Roots, acted as project manager on the film. Jenna Bailey and David Essie, who are professors at the University of Lethbridge and the University of Calgary, respectively, are credited as co-directors, producers, and writers. Bailey, Dobbins, and Esty worked together to organize the film's production and gather data on the early 20th century black settlers of Alberta and Saskatchewan. The U of M's We Are The Roots screening was organized by Myrna Donald of the U of M's Black History Month Committee, who said she felt the education system in Canada did not include enough history on black Canadians. Donald said she believes this documentary will help expand people's understanding of black people's Canadian past. Our arts and culture reporter, Zachary Sigurdson spoke with Jenna over the phone to talk about the film. He also had a conversation with Myrna to talk more about how the screening of the film ties in with what the U of M's Black History Month committee wishes to accomplish.
1: I'm Dr. Jenna Bailey. I'm an adjunct assistant professor in the Department of History at the University of Lethbridge Mm -hmm. and a senior research fellow for the Center for Oral History and Tradition, also at the University of Lethbridge. And I'm also the director of Bailey & Soda Films, the film company that produced We Are The Roots.
2: How did you begin the project with We Are The Roots? Like, How was your role earlier on?
1: The person who started the project is Deborah Dobbins, and she's the president of the Shiloh Center for Multicultural Roots. And she applied for funding for the Alberta Human Rights Commission, and she got a grant from them to do this project on the history of... African-American family that came to Alberta around just after the turn of the century. And she contacted me and asked me if I'd like to be involved because I work on community oral histories and I help organizations record and share their history. And so that's how I got involved. Yep, um, so I've done a number of community history projects with different organizations. The first one was um, with an organization called the Coyote Flats our history project, and we actually won the Governor General's award for that project, um, which is the tape award we won now for the Shiloh project. Um, And so Deborah sort of heard about me and the work that I did and thought it would be a good fit for her project. Mm
2: -hmm. When you you guys had um, gotten the funding and you all came together, tell me about the actual process of making the film.
1: So there's a third person involved, and I'd like I all three mentioned in the in the article, please, because we're a team. Yeah. And so there was Deborah Dobbins and myself, and then Dr. David Est, who's in the Faculty of Social Work at the University of Calgary. And the three of us got together and um, decided that we would do video oral history with 19 individuals, um, and we... Um, produced a questionnaire for the interviews, and we ran the questionnaire to an advisory committee that Deborah had organized on behalf of our project. And we also ran the questionnaire to the Ethics Board at the University of Westbridge and got ethics approval for the research to be done. And Dave and I did quite a bit of background research on the history of these communities and the migration patterns. And then we did two weekends of interviews in Edmonton, both at Shiloh Baptist Church, which is quite central to our story. And Dave and I split the interviews. We each did half, and we did about one, uh, they were kind of an hour and a half approximately long each interview with uh, the 19 interviewees. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Tell me about, like... So, um, the editing process, because it was actually a very, I really enjoyed the documentary, I watched it on your Vimeo account.
1: Well, thanks. Uh, Yeah, the editing process was a collaborative process uh, between myself, Deborah, and Dave. Um, And we also had other people from SCMR give opinions about it. And... Um, One thing we did in the editing was whoever was interviewed, if they asked for approval of their clip, we had them review their clips before the film was made and it was sort of a process that involved another um, phase of research because we went to the City of Edmonton Archives and the Provincial Archives and the Glenbow and some archives in Saskatchewan and got documentation about. the settlement history and also documentation about discrimination in Edmonton. Um, For example, the KKK rallies and things like that. And so, yeah, there was a lot of research and a lot of photo research. We got photos from the interviewees and photos from the archives. And then we sort of tried to balance uh, in the telling of the film, the... Migration and settlement history, and then also sharing stories of discrimination in the education system, in the labor market, and just generally speaking in the city of Edmonton. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, sure. um, given given the um, because um, I, today I had a interview with Myrna Donald, who's running uh-huh. the um, who's running the screening here. Um, what yeah. are your feelings on like? the cultural significance of the film?
1: Um, well, I mean, uh, what do you mean exactly cultural significance?
2: Well, me and, me and Myrna were just talking, um, because she, um, she's biracial. She was talking about how important it was for her when she saw this film mm-hmm. and when you were making it, did you ever feel like we have a responsibility because this is a very important legacy for the history of Canada? Um, what are your feelings sur- um, surrounding that, that you're telling people stories?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, as an oral historian, um, it was important to make sure that the film really reflected what the interviewees had told me. So that was sort of my number one priority. And then also, uh, through the work that Dave and Deborah and I have done, and particularly Deborah, I mean, you know, you may want to speak to her because this is... Um, you know, this is the reason that she wanted to do the project in the first place, was she realized that, um, you know, the community that she's from is really underrepresented. It's, the history is not in the education system. It's not something Canadians really learn about. And so it did feel like hopefully we were going to make, um, you know, a bit of an impact in terms of what is available to Canadians to learn about this you know, community and this sort of, these pioneers in Alberta, which have sort of been neglected in the history books and in the academic scholarship.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, um, I won't take any, that much more of your time because I completely understand how busy you are, but I I was looking at your, (laughs) your bibliography and your biography and you actually have like a really incredible job and really interested in a lot of the work that you've done. Oh, thank you. Uh, Well, I was just looking like filmmaker writer you've published some novels um which is a, which is a big deal to me because i'm an aspiring writer so i'm just curious okay. what kind of stuff are you working on right now
1: um well we've been really busy with this film to be honest because we've just won five awards mm-hmm. and so we've been doing a lot of media and um kind of spreading awareness about this project um and then my other big project that i'm working on right now is totally unrelated uh It's a British history project, which is my, another area. I'm basically an oral historian and a British historian. Mm -hmm. And I'm writing a book about the first successful female music band in British history.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it's a band that was very popular in the 1940s and 50s. And Mm -hmm. there's over 300 women that played in the band Mm -hmm. because the band ran for 40 years. Yeah. And uh, I've interviewed 80 women from the band, and I'm writing a band biography.
2: That actually sounds really, really interesting. I'll have to keep an eye out, eye out that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I love it. It's
1: a really, really fun project. I've been working at it for 10 years, so yeah, oh. you know, it's a labor of love.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for taking on your day.
3: Um, yeah, uh,
1: no worries. Hello, my
3: name is Myrna Donald. That's M-Y-R-N-A-D-O-N-A-L-D, so Donald like duck. No Micker or son or anything like that. And I was asked by Val Williams, the Diversity Officer at the University of Manitoba, to be on the Black History Month Committee, uh, I guess now two years ago. And that's me.
2: Um, so tell me about what is your role about screening the We Are the Roots documentary?
3: So we were looking for, the Black History Month Committee was looking for things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Black History Month and I was sent a list of resources and as I was going through I found two films that I thought might be germane for Black History Month specifically because they speak to Canada. One of them is The Ninth Floor so it's about a student sit-in that occurred in Quebec uh, in the 60s and students were protesting what they felt was uh, racially biased parking. So that is very much a Canadian experience, having to do with black uh, people. And the other movie is We Are the Roots, which has a much longer title, uh, but it speaks to immigration to the prairies by black people, mostly from the United States. Mm-hmm. And so that too is a part of Canadian history and particularly poignant for me because I'm a Winnipeg.
2: Um, you actually answered um, my other question with oh, how, how. No, no, that, that's perfect. Okay. Um, that's I actually prefer it because it gets everything done. Because um, I was just going to ask like, how you went about cho- choosing it, so, but so tell me about. Well, there's, another this, there's another. Oh, tell me about that.
3: Okay. Uh, one of the reasons these two films were chosen in particular is that the distributors, when the ninth floor is the National Film Board. And the we are the roots is uh, Bailey and Soda is that they were willing to allow us to screen them at no charge, mm-hmm. which uh, was quite a boon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, Tell me about like because the film mostly focuses on Albert Albertan history and a little Saskatchewan history. Um, why is this film important for the U of M and the faculty here these students here? here?
3: Well, I believe that U of M is part of the prairies, mm-hmm. and so uh, things that are common to Saskatchewan and Alberta are common to us as well. And there were some families that did make it to Manitoba. They just didn't make it into We Are The Birds. Yeah. But um, it, I think it's important because when I was going through school K-12, to uh, there was mention of the Underground Railway but there was no mention other than that of black people in Canada. Mm-hmm. So many people I grew up with, and I was the kid, the lone kid until grade eight or nine lone black kid in all of the schools I was attending um, many people felt that it was just recent immigration and they didn't really have a good sense of mm-hmm. black Canadians so um, I feel that this movie helps or this documentary helps in that way to try to expand the knowledge of the rest of Canadians
2: Tell me more about like your feelings about
3: the significance of the film and like how you reacted to it Boy, that's a biggie. Um, I think it's significant because, as I said, we haven't had a lot of, at least my experience of, of public education in this country, has not included a lot about black Canadians. Mm-hmm. And although the numbers are still very low, we are still, still part of the fabric of Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that uh, people can learn about each other, the more people will understand about each other. And that will help to dismiss some of the stereotypes about, especially that we receive from all the media we receive from across the 49. This suggests that blacks are lazy, stupid, criminals, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the other side of it is that we see a lot of positive things coming from the states. But we think that only blacks in the states have been capable of uh, promoting peanut Mm -hmm. (laughs) butterism. <laughs> As a good source of protein, cheap protein, or you know, basketball players or for the former president of the United States, but there are a lot of Black Canadians who have done tremendously wonderful things, and these two films, by no means, cover all of that. I mean, one of the first newspapers in Ontario was started by a Black woman. Um, there's all sorts of, and if you go to Nova Scotia, oh, there's tons of history where Black Canadians contributed. To making Canada a stronger, healthier, wonderful place to live. Mm-hmm. But we don't hear about it so that they, you know, this movie speaks to some of that.
0: The Manitoban did a few quick interviews with some acts from Festival du Voyageurs twenty nineteen lineup. Aside from what is played on this episode, you can find a multitude of other acts with their interviews published in this coming week's issue of The Manitoban. We play two of the acts' interviews on this week's episode of Tobin Tuesdays. Fier is a Winnipeg funk, rock, folk, jazz fusion band. The band is this year's winner of Chicane Électrique, a Franco-Manitoban youth band contest. Anomalie is a classically trained Montreal-based keyboard player. His music falls into a growing genre that is sometimes described as electro-jazz fusion. Our arts and culture editor, Amelia Fournier, Had a chance to talk to both acts about their music as well as their festival experience
4: yeah Yeah. all right all right okay so my first question is you guys have all been to festival before so what do you like most about going to festival and then what do you like most about performing festival
5: well i think they're two very different things uh the thing i like about going to festival is just like hanging out with friends and stuff and seeing all the the cool like traditional things that we celebrate every year and like let's see uh and about performing i think it's just kind of cool to see everyone like you always see people performing on a stage so it's cool when you're the one who's looking at the crowd and you like kind of know everyone's looking at you and it's kind of yeah it's a, it's a new perspective, and it's cool.
4: Say your name before you start. I recognize your voice, but... Well, and I'll know it's you. It's Full names? Yeah, just yeah. say your first name. Callum. Um,
6: so... Favorite things about going to festival. Um, discovering new bands. Um, yeah, just hanging out with people. It's fun in the winter to get out, to actually do stuff. Um, and then for playing, um... It's usually a really good crowd, um, like people you know, so really friendly, and um, yeah, it's a good time.
7: Okay, riding. Uh, I say I think my favorite part of just being at festival is just the different bands that you discover along the way, for sure, and like the the type of energy with like all the French people. It's really great, especially like being on stage. It was way, way more hype than I was expecting. Um, Yeah. (laughs)
8: <laughs> um, I think the coolest thing about festival going is probably like being able to celebrate your culture I guess it's not something I thought about when I was younger but now that I'm older i have like a lot of anglophone friends it's nice to bring them around and just kind of show them I don't know French stuff like let and French traditional music and all that stuff and obviously the bands are awesome um, playing is super fun because it's such a good atmosphere um, just being in a tent in the winter that's super fun it's cool I don't know yeah nice. <laughs> those
4: are great answers Um,
8: So are
4: there any bands that you guys saw this year that you really, really liked or that you're excited about seeing this weekend that you can think of off the top of your head? What's
5: that piano player? Anomaly. 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 Yeah. Of Sam. Uh, Yeah, I think Anomaly has a really cool sound and has a lot of talent and it's cool to see that happen in front of you. I hope you guys
6: play
4: it you don't have to keep- dirty catfish brass you know? yeah. Oh, yeah do they play yeah. they play I don't know oh, are do it? they play
6: yeah I haven't been yet this year but I know for sure hip shake it's like mm-hmm. my old teachers so it's cool to see them play music and everyone's playing music so it's fun
7: yeah Because I've been doing some sound in the Portage then, I got to see a lot of bands, and uh, the one that stood out the most was the Reverend Rambler, and he was like the one-man band playing drums and singing, so yeah, i see say that guy stood out for me. And I think there's uh, this one band at Kenya that's playing tonight that, yeah, they're pretty psychedelic, rocky, so I wanted to go see those guys. Uh, yeah. What's
8: yeah, yeah, Yeah. Hooded yeah, poncho. Yeah. 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 Um, Akinya is the sure first one that I want to check out. Uh, like you said, Anamali. That was amazing. I went to that. And also, I saw them. It was so freaking good. And there was a Ukrainian band. It was like alternative rock kind of. Zrada. Did you go? Yeah. No,
4: I, I meant to go. Right? Yeah.
8: I went to that. That was pretty rocking. The dr- drummer is amazing. So that was awesome. Yeah.
4: So, what are you guys hoping for, like, what do you guys think has changed with Festivad over the years? I know you guys are all, like, very young, so am I, but we've all been going to Festivad for a long time. So, what do you guys think has changed about it?
5: Well, I think now it's kind of become more mainstream, and, <laughs> and,
4: <laughs> and, it,
6: and uh, <laughs> it's kind of
5: kind of a good thing, and, I mean, I I guess you could say some of the... It's less of like the more really traditional things, but it's more welcoming for like, for example, Anglophone people who like want to celebrate the new culture or a, a different culture with other people like their friends. So I think it's good so that you can be more open to cultures that are really important to Manitoba. yeah so
6: mainstream um i think like you're seeing like more and more like non-traditional frankfone groups but i think it's good as long as they have like a a good balance of local bands and then you know traditional music
7: um yeah You want to say
4: the same
7: thing it's fine it's not mainstream okay it 's pretty mainstream now no uh i don 't know i haven 't been going too much like i 've only been a few times, but i 'd say this year the big fifty was like the most done up i 've seen festival in terms of like the ice sculptures and like music performances like there 's five tents now, so no i see it 's pretty busy good
8: yeah uh Basically, same thing. Um, I feel like the logistics also are way better this year just because of the ticket thing that they did. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's awesome. No Lions? Too. Amazing. That's all I'm going to say. Sweet.
4: <laughs>
5: okay, check us out on Instagram. Yeah. Montgolfière underscore band. Yeah.
4: So, my first question is, it's your first time playing at Festivade, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like, what's your experience been like so far at Festivades voyageur
9: uh, it's really, really nice. I guess my first impression was that I was surprised to see that it was colder than Montreal. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like used to like Igloo Fest and that type of festival, which is really cool. But I really like the sculptures, the vibe. Everyone seems to be really into it. The hey-ho thing is really, really cool as well. Yeah. And to see like everyone walking around and enjoying the music, I really, really enjoy the vibe. It's really cool
4: and how did you con- get connected with Festivad because I know you're pretty big internationally now like I know you're going to Asia next but like how did you get connected with Winnipeg specifically in Festivad
9: right uh, well that's a very good question but I unfortunately don't have all the answers since it pretty much <laughs> goes through my agents uh, but it was a really nice surprise and I'm excited to build like more across Canada specifically yeah. so we have like an, a coming tour next spring and we're hitting a lot of like Canadian cities which should be pretty cool so First time in Winnipeg is really exciting.
4: Uh, so like, it's cool that you've been able to perform like three days in a row, so you've kind of gotten a taste of the festival itself. Yeah. Like, what do you think of FestiVat in general? Like, have you seen any, any other bands and stuff like that?
9: Yeah, well I pretty much mostly saw like the bands that were before us and playing after us. Yeah. Uh, we walked around a bit earlier and it was very varied which is very cool. I like that there's like a wide spectrum of different genres, which I find to be like a really important thing in festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess really enjoyed it and I'm really impressed with everything I've been hearing and seeing.
4: Yeah, right on. yeah, it started off like very traditional, like just basically like kind of, you know, and stuff like that. And like now it's really expanded. So it's, it's super cool. Yeah. Um, so are you seeing any other acts tonight? Like, are you sticking around for the rest of the festival at all?
9: Um, yeah, we'll be staying around for like the act right after us and yeah, possibly the one after. We have like a super early flight, so we won't be staying around too much. Okay. Um, but yeah, because it, it closes at midnight, right? Yeah. So we should be staying uh, until the end. Okay, right yeah, on. all right. Okay.
4: So I'm going to ask the usual question, like what kind of influences does your music have? Because like, it sounds like you guys are... Jazz musicians like train that way but like you take it in a whole different direction. So talking about your influences and your experience as a musician would be cool too.
9: So I grew up like in a very classical music context. My parents are both classical musicians. Well actually my dad had like a classical music radio show. Oh, right on. I did like classical piano contests and all that for many years. Transitioned like to jazz in school after that, but I was really into like electronic music during high school. And I discovered like more of the like jazz fusion keyboardists such as like Herbie Hancock to Korea, which got me really, really excited. And across all of that I was all, always like into pop music. So I guess like all of that eventually blended in what it is now. And also right before I started like releasing under Anomaly, I really got into like nineties hip hop. Uh, so all of that together pretty much gave what it is now. Yeah.
0: And that should do it for today's episode of Tobin Tuesdays, brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM. Once again, the interviews here today were provided by Zachary Sigurdson and Amelia Fournier. And a quick shout out goes out to Amelia for showing me real quick how to pronounce the French words that were included in the interviews that she did. It helped a lot, but I'm still not sure if I pronounced them correctly in this week's episode. Mon Mon golf, yeah. uh, Anyways, the intro and transition music was produced by Kenny Ingram, and the entire episode was produced and hosted by me, Joe Gonzalez. A reminder that all the interviews you heard today, you can read about in the stories available in the upcoming issue of The Manitoban. Tobin Tuesdays is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure to check us out to find our old episodes, as well as subscribe so you don't miss a future one. As always, we have our own show page on the UMFM website, where you can find all of our episodes there as well. On behalf of The Manitoban, we thank you for listening, and we'll hope you tune in next week. Peace.